episode 19 get out of here satan what up everybody we got my dog pastor ralph back in the building yes sir cue the applause <laughs> and chris we got chris back <laughs> chris always here so it's nothing new but always an honor and privilege so let's start off tonight with just a quick moment of prayer so close your eyes and bow your head for me Dear God, we just, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you, God. Lord, we welcome the Holy Spirit into this time, God, and ask that the Holy Spirit would lead us, would guide us, Lord, and just give us the words to speak, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would just speak on your light, your truth, Lord, and your love for us, God. Lord, I'm praying the Holy Spirit would just enter into whoever is listening, God, and would just help them to receive the love that you have for us, God. I pray they would seek you out, that they would seek your face, get to know your heart as you know theirs, God. And Lord, I just pray that this would help guide somebody, Lord, it would help somebody feel loved lord jesus and lord that we would just connect with you on a deeper level tonight god in your almighty name we pray amen all right so tonight we're gonna run it up with a little luke action that's kind of just like the starting point but you never know where the spirit gonna lead so kind of the idea is luke chapter 15 and there's three main stories in this and it's the parable of the lost sheep the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son so this is Jesus speaking to the people, you know, and Jesus always talked in these parables, right? It's this little, little, uh, how do you describe a parable? A what? It's like a little story, you know, but it, it's, it's his way of, of conveying his message without straight up saying this is exactly what happened, you know, because he wanted those that truly had the heart for him to understand it and receive it. And it was kind of like, if you don't get it, like, check your heart, you know what I'm saying? So kind of i mean the basis of all these three stories is there's we're lost right we're in this dark world where we're just we have no idea what we're doing we're trying to lean all on our own understanding our own will our own way and what jesus is kind of trying to tell us is like he is seeking after us he's chasing after us trying to get us to to just come home you know what i mean to come into his presence to to truly get to know him because his way is the best way and it's the only way to receive the honor and the glory he has for us. So just uh, I'm going to start off with the lost sheep because it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. You know what I'm saying? So it starts off and it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do, who do not need to repent. Right? So Jesus is sitting here with these people who by the judgment of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law are dirty. You know, they're they're sinners. They're like less than in the eyes of the Pharisees because these people, the Pharisees are basically like self-righteous. You know what I'm saying? They think they're too good, like they're better than everybody, holier than thou, you know what I mean? And Jesus is telling them like, nah, bro, like this is, these are my people. You know, these are my children. And I, I just want to bring them home. I want to, I want to speak to them. I want to love them. I want to go after them, you know? And he uses the sheep to say, like, like, 
when one of we're the sheep in this in this story you know what i mean all of us who who don't necessarily know jesus or who may have wandered away from him you know even as we're trying to wander away from him he's going to be constantly constantly coming after us like he never leaves our side you know like they always say like the we're running from god we're turning away from him and he's right there with us the whole time just waiting for us to turn back to him and that's what the act of repentance is that he's talking about you know when at the end when it says like um there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent so just in this case the one person just one person who turns back to god stops trying to run away stops trying to get deeper into sin and just turns back to him you know that's what repentance is it's turning back to god that's where the party happens in heaven you know when when that one person who seemed that they were too far gone the person who was too disgusting too deep in addiction or in you know in in the stuff that we deal with today a lot of us i know we feel like i can't go to church right now i can't go to jesus right now because i'm too dirty you know i'm too messed up there's too many issues like maybe i'll give him a try when things are a little bit better but i think this is just telling us you know like look jesus wants you exactly how you are right here right now so why don't you just turn to him why don't you just seek him out and see what happens you know because he has nothing but beauty and glory for you you know he he loves you so much we're all so deeply loved by jesus that he's like he's seeking after us even though he has 99 of these people these sheep you know that are righteous they're 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 great they're good you know what i'm saying all good but he wants that one he wants that sinner because that that is his goal you know he comes to to save us right he doesn't he doesn't necessarily you know want to want to he doesn't want to judge us or he doesn't want to just like uh they're all right he wants that person that's not all right you know and so if you're in that position of you're not all right like listen up tonight because you're going to receive that glory that that jesus has for you no that's fire i think uh as far as like the lost sheep goes i looked it up because i was like i don't know i was wondering i was like who who would be qualified as the lost sheep and then who would be qualified as the righteous man because uh you know you always hear that we're all sinners and that's basically like when i looked it up that's exactly what it said is that in reality right like everybody's a sinner everyone is a lost sheep um there are no people who who are holy and righteous before god right but what the parable is trying to say is that there's some people who think they are right and think that they don't need god you know and then there's those those people who believe there are sinners right and it says the exact teaching that's trying to get put across is the that if you are a sinner and you're listening to this message, that your job is to right to ask for forgiveness and then repent, right? And then through Jesus Christ, we get that forgiveness. And then it's about turning and changing our ways, basically, as the lost sheep. Um, you know, I think one thing that really stood out for me in the readings is at the end of all the readings, it talks about the rejoicing angels and that God will rejoice with us. You know, and then even in the the prodigal son story, right? The way that the father reacts when the when the son comes back home is with this utmost joy, you know. And I th- I think for like when I speak to people, right, that do live in a sinful way, it's just the usual comment is is like he's probably not going to be too happy to see me, right? Or he doesn't want anything to do with me or something like that. I think there's that side and there's always the other side too that I've seen a lot is, uh, you know, God must hate me, right? Because my life is miserable. But for as far as the side of, 
you know, God doesn't want me because I, uh, right, I, I have too much sin or anything like that. It's the exact opposite. Like what you're reading in these readings is that God, God loves you dearly, right? And it's something that I sent to Wally this week, right? C.S. Lewis, shout out C.S. Lewis, legend, dude. Um, but he writes about how, uh, like when you, when you get a dog, right? It's like you, you love that dog and then you want the dog to obey you. Right. And then the dog ends up being trained and he does obey you. Right. And it's, it becomes more lovable. Right. And, and it's like the dog in its nature, right. is not a lovable animal, right. As an, as a wild animal, right. Like, and we've like, obviously dogs today are very much, what is it? Domesticated, you know, but if you went to the, the forest, right, a wolf is still a dog, right. And you brought a wolf into your house, right. That would be a, that'd be an unlovely, an unloving creature, right. To have in your house. Right. But it's like, you discipline that dog, right? And the dog smells and the dog's crazy and it's it's wild, right? And then like how God is with us, right? He, he disciplines us, right? Turns us into the loving beings that he wants us to be, you know? And it's all about that God literally just loves you, right? Like the whole story comes down to just that, that regardless of how you are, right? My dog still misbehaves, you know? But I still love my dog, you know what I mean? Like when I come home, I'm happy to see my dog, give it a hug or whatever. My dog's all happy and shit to see me. It's lit. Yeah. But I never cursed in here before, so... Oh, man, I'm going to hell. But, um, that's literally... <laughs> Bro, I mean, I'm not, I'm not actually... That's a terrible joke. Just kidding. Just kidding maybe. But, uh... Nah, like, uh... <laughs> that was crazy, dude. Nah, but, like, the... I don't know. I just... I share that story because it's, like... If God created you, he obviously loves you, right? Like, if he if if he went out of his way, right, to, to make you creation, put you on this earth, right, he must love you, you know? And it's, of all your sin and everything like that, that's why it says he just wants you to repent, right? To try to be obedient to him. Because God, at the end of the day, really, all he wants is communion with you, right? And I think it's something that is, like, so difficult for us, at least for me, for sure, is, like, I, it's easy for me to say that I love God, you know? Like, everything God's done for me, everything he's given me, but but what can be harder for me to to think is that God actually loves me, you know, and it talks about God desiring us, you know, like God really desires to be with us, and He's jealous, right? He gets very jealous when when I spend my time and my attention on other th- and my attention on other things, you know, is that He He really wants to be with me, right? So as far as the lost sheep goes and the 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 lost coin is like, if I'm lost and I'm gone away from God, right? This this is not pleasing to God, right? Like God wants to be be with you. And so it's like if you do, if you have walked away, it's he he's yearning right for that companionship with you, you know. And and no matter what you've done, right. And then you get that part in the prodigal son is like no matter what you've done, if you come back into his like loving embrace, right. He's gonna rejoice. He's gonna be super happy, you know. Just like if your dog were to run away, dude, and go get some hookers and like go at the casino, and then your dog come back, you know, because that's what happens with the prodigal son, right. And then and then the and then that your dog came back right after wilding out, you'd be like, let's go, right? Like, I love my dog, you know, which I think that's just a good example for God's love for us, right? Like an easy one to understand for people, you know, and that's really how it is, is, is he really does, he, he, he does want that, you know, and it is crazy to think that sometimes, you know, especially with how much wrong we do, you know, on a daily basis, I, I fall so far short of uh, what a perfect human being would be. And the fact that still through all of that, 
you know, God will forgive me and wants me to be with him, you know. It's the whole reason he sent his son down here is because he couldn't be with us unless he would have done that. Um, but, yeah, the lost the lost son. It's, it's going to be a fire podcast, dude. That's tough to follow both of you guys up with that because I think you both hit pretty much nail on the coffin of, like, basically what I would what I would like to say, right? But, I mean, <clears throat> while you guys were talking, I was looking over, you know, the duty of a shepherd, right? Because I feel like we focus so much on the sheep that we we don't tend to focus on the shepherd and the story. So, like, I was looking, like, the duty of the shepherd is to watch over and care for each sheep. Like, watch over and care for each sheep, but to protect them from predators, Right. So that's the shepherd's job. So the reason why the shepherd would leave the 99 is because the 99 are already protected. That one isn't because he doesn't know what he doesn't know where that sheep is. So he would leave the 99 because he knows where the 99 is and they'll usually stay in the herd for the one, the one that got away, the one that the predator might get to. And and the crazy thing is, is like wolves used to wolves can can hide in a big pack and lure one away right so what things are in our lives that can hide in the pack right to lure us away from the shepherd and the crazy part is because it's in the scripture where jesus said my sheep know my voice so when they hear me right like we should know jesus's voice well how how else are we going to know God's voice? How else are we going to know the voice of the shepherd? Right? God is the good shepherd. He's not. It's not the voice of the predator. The predator is always going to fake play like, yeah, this is the voice you're supposed to listen to or this is where you're supposed to be until you get devoured. Like, I go back into Job with that, right? Like, the enemy was walking around looking for somebody to devour. And... I was like, well, have you tried my ser- servant, Job? He said, I tried, but he got a hedge surrounding him. So like, well, how does Job have has, have a hedge of protection around him? Like, that's something to really think about. Like, how do you, how did Job have a hedge that the enemy couldn't even get to unless God allowed him to? So the difference is, is like when we are listening to the shepherd, like when we're following the good shepherd, when we're, when we're striving. That doesn't mean that we're perfect, but when we're striving, right, when we know his voice, we know the difference between the things that we're putting in place of the shepherd, that the voices and think about those voices. Those voices usually will lead to depression. Those voices will usually lead to anxiety. Those voices will also lead to whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever sin that we're struggling with. It's usually going to lead to that. Right. I know we talked about it before about the patterns right sometimes our patterns are going to lead to lust right well how how do we get here sometimes we get here is because of what voice are we really listening to are we listening to the shepherd's voice we all going to get caught up in that don't think i'm up here saying oh i don't get caught up in that trust me i get caught up in that every day because every day we have to choose or we have to get to that point where we're dying of ourselves right so that's the beauty of when when that when the shepherd finds that sheep the reason why he rejoices is because he didn't get devoured by the predator right so the reason why 
when you when you think about it, like all the angels are rejoicing every time somebody commits and brings and and surrenders their life to God is it's because they didn't get devoured by the enemy. And how many things or how many obstacles do we not just as Christians, but as like just people with a purpose? Right. How many obstacles are do we encounter that's trying to take us off that path of what the what God wants us to be and where God wants us to, to be the purpose that God wants us to fulfill. Right. We we have voices every single day that's telling us we're good at something. We shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't be doing this, even though God is like, hey, here's the directions I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. If I want you to go, a, you stay with this group right here. You stay in this community. It's easy when you're in community, you feel strong. It's when we're alone. It's when we're we look up because we think we're doing this thing and we're doing it with community. And next thing we look up, community's gone. Now we're a lost sheep, and we're so far away from the shepherd that we can't even hear his voice. So I mean, and I definitely want to go into the um, prodigal son and even the lost coin, but I'm gonna give you some more out. Yeah, I'm about to run it up with the the prodigal son, you know, because that was kind of when I did come back to Christ, you know, that was the story that like my mom and my sister told me about, you know, and it was just it's comforting to know like that no matter how far away we run, like we still always have a home with with Jesus. You know, we always have a seat at his table when we truly accept him, you know, and we want to make that change when we repent, you know, and then once we repent all the actions of our past, all the sins we've committed, they're, they're gone. Like in God and in Jesus's eyes, like they're as far as East is from the West. And like those two can never touch. They're infinitely far away from each other. Right. So in the prodigal son, it was this, this dude, right. And there's two brothers and their, their dad's like a rich farmer. Like he got all this money. And the one brother, he says, Hey dad, like, give me, give me my inheritance right now. Like, I know you're not dead, but I want that money right now. Let me get all that money, and I'm I'm gone. I'm out of here. And so he, the dad does. He gives him his inheritance, and the son, he goes out, and he's partying. You know, it says, like, he's getting prostitutes. He's getting stupid drunk. He in orgies. He pie on dumb drugs. He getting lit. You know what I'm saying? And that's what the world has for us. You know what I'm saying? That's what the world is promoting. You know, the world we live in today, that's what it promotes. It promotes drugs money women sex alcohol get drunk forget about today you know what i'm saying tomorrow's a new day like you know what i'm saying but then it gets really dark right we're all going to crash out at some point we're going to hit that rock bottom moment and so when the the sun hits that moment where he's out of money you know what i'm saying no one wants to hang around him no more because he can't provide no party he's depressed he's down so he has no one around him to the point where he's like sleeping in the the pit where the pigs stay at you know and he's so broke he's like looking at the pigs food and he's like i want to eat that you know what i'm saying but he don't have money for that he can't eat no pigs food so then he decides he's like you know what i'm gonna go back to my father to my dad and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask him if i can just be lower than the servant if i can just you know work to get enough food to get me by like all this stuff right and so he does he 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 ends up walking back to his dad and, and his dad sees him coming and it says like his dad greets him with open arms like the joy on his dad's face is insane like he's so happy that his son did come back 
the dad doesn't care about all the nonsense his son got into you know the son was so caught up in the fact that like i brought so much shame to my family like like i've disappointed my dad you know what i'm saying how could he ever take me back like hopefully he even lets me sleep in the barn you know what i'm saying like maybe he'll give me a little scrap here and there let me pay off my debt but no the dad doesn't see him for all his mistakes in his past the dad sees him for his son you know what i'm saying like he made that child that's his child and he is just so happy that he has come back to him that he he slaughters the fattest cow he kills the fattest cow they have a feast they have a party and the son is just so he doesn't understand it he's so overwhelmed because he's like bro in no way do i deserve this but look at the welcoming you know look at the the love look at the true like joy my dad has just because i came home and that's jesus with us right the minute we we give up the ways of the world and we choose jesus the minute we turn away from sin and choose jesus he is so full of joy you know like they're legit there's endless angels and 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 jesus and god are up there just like so happy rejoicing you know truly rejoicing when we do choose to turn away from the sin and choose him you know and the minute we do that the 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 wreckage of our past is gone you know what i'm saying like that is the number one thing i want y'all to understand like no matter how deep you think you are you know no matter how far you think you've gone away from god or even if you don't know god but you think you're just so broken and so disgusting you know you could be battling addiction you know you could be in a, a relationship you know you shouldn't be in you know what i'm saying like there's so many different like like there's so much darkness in this world sometimes we get so overwhelmed and swallowed in the darkness that like we don't see a way out you know you could be fighting a battle in your own mind you could be so deep in depression you know that like there's no hope you just see no hope but the minute you turn back to god you have to understand or the minute you even turn to god if you never have like the minute you turn to god like he is so happy because he made you and he 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 understands where you're at and he just wants better for you you know and that's what we got to understand like so many times we get caught up in like i need to do better for me i should be doing better i should be doing this and we set these standards and we compare ourselves to others but in reality all god wants us to do is is open up the book that he laid out for us you know he laid out the guideline of how we're called to walk you know he wants us to open that book he wants us to read stories like this so that we feel the comfort so that we feel his his love and, and just start to understand him more you know and then once doing that you know we're not leaning on our own understanding of god you know we're leaning on his his will for us you know because now we have the the knowledge we have the information he's given us the tools to then build this relationship to build this foundation with him and the minute that foundation is built like yeah life's gonna hit you know and you, you may even struggle with like flashbacks of the past and you may have these crazy thoughts and you may have this crazy shame and guilt but once that foundation is laid those aren't gonna knock you off you know what i'm saying they're gonna not gonna knock you off, off the the narrow road that he's laid out you know because it is it's a narrow road it's gonna be it's gonna be a hard walk it's gonna require discipline but through that discipline and obedience you're going to feel a love you've never never known before you're going to feel a peace that you can't comprehend and it's just going to be like like hard to even describe you know when people ask me today they're like why are you doing this like i just love god like chris was saying i just love god you know what i'm saying and i just feel like he has loved me in such a special way you know what i mean he is just so openly welcomed me back into his arms every single day because it's not just like all right like two years ago i decided to stop 
getting drunk and doing drugs and going to strip clubs and going to all these places, right? And then now he, he loves me forever. It's like, no, every day I'm going to mess up and I'm going to sin, but every day he loves me and he welcomes me back into his arms, right? So it's like every day I have to rejoice in that fact. As they're rejoicing, when I turn back to him, I got to rejoice and be grateful for the, the opportunity to even turn back to him, you know, because I don't deserve it. Every day when I sin, I deserve death because in that moment I'm choosing myself over God. And think about it, like, if someone was constantly doing you wrong, like you got you got a friend or maybe you got if if you got a kid, you know what I'm saying? If you're listening, you have a child and they're just constantly doing you wrong every single day. They're, they're just straight up disobeying you, straight up disrespecting you. Like how how much are you going to want to just like forgive them? How much are you going to want to let that slide and not see them for that wrongdoings they're doing to you? Not a lot. Right. You're going to you're eventually going to shut that door. You're going to cut them off. Right because we're human but that's leaning on our own understanding god is so much greater than us you know what i'm saying like even the wisest man is a fool compared to god like even the person with all the knowledge the phd the what is it nobel prize winner all this all these qualifications they're nothing compared to god so we we got to get out of that mindset of putting god in this box you know because we're never going to comprehend why he does what he does or why he loves us the way he does but we just have to have faith that it's true you know like, even just today, someone was asking me some questions, you know, and it, it was just, it was so cool to see that they had those questions, but it was also so sad because they were leaning so much on their own understanding. They were questioning why God does this and why God works like this. And, like, to me, my my first, like, answer is, like, bro, you just got to have faith, you know what I'm saying? But for someone that doesn't have faith, that doesn't mean much to them, you know? So it's our job as the people of faith to then be the shepherd, you know, to then help them to to help carry them back onto this path, back into the presence of their, their father, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, we got to do our research, you know, we got to get in the word, we got to be in prayer over them, you know what I mean? And at least just plant that seed, you know, because then it's going to come a time where someone else is going to cross paths with them. And then boom, that seed's going to start to grow into a plant, you know? And then those questions that they had, they won't question God no more. They'll praise God. They'll thank God. They'll rejoice in the suffering, you know. And that's what it takes. It's a, it's a battle, bro. It's every day, you know. Once we accept Jesus, we're going to be like like Ralph was talking about, those predators, you know. They're going to try to creep up on us. They're going to try to destroy us. But every day that you, you, you make it through a day, right, you wake up and you're about to go to sleep, you need to thank Jesus that, Look, the, the predators were trying to attack you. The devil was trying to attack you. But look, you're laying in your bed peacefully about to go to sleep. And then the next day when you wake up, you thank him for even waking you up because it is truly an honor to wake up and just to live another day to serve God. You know what I'm saying? So it's just this is a powerful, powerful chapter, bro. Like we could talk about this for hours. So I'm going to let Chris hop on real quick. Nah, the uh, one thing going back to the uh, rejoicing is uh when it talks about the angels, which one was that one? So just so, so it's the parable of the lost coin. Just so I tell you that there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And I listened to this preacher talk about it. And it's really cool, like how he kind of laid it out. He talked about he imagines the uh, angels like hanging over the gates of heaven, looking down on earth and rejoicing. And it's he says the angels, he don't believe so much we're rejoicing at the person right but more at what god can do with a with a sinner 
such as ourselves, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, and uh, I don't know. It's it, just the way that he kind of said it was just so cool to me, right? That even the angels up in heaven, right? That they look down on on us, right? As as sinners, right? And the fact that you know, because of God's salvation, everything that He's done, He can still turn us around, right, and make us into right the people that we end up becoming. The main thing I wanted to kind of point out too in the in the lost coin, you know. For like, for like my experience, my relationship with God, like my story, kind of how it went, it wasn't so much that I like, you know, made a 180 in my life, turned around and started chasing God, right? Like, like the, the prodigal son, right? And he don't even really do that, right? He, he ends up just trying to like, kind of turn his life around, not even, right? Like he's just going to go back and just say, please let me sleep in a barn, right? And, um, but as far as like the, the lost coin, the lost sheep goes, right? the you know the sinner isn't looking for god right god's looking for the sinner and it says or what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one coin does not light a lamp and sweep the house right all oh, your tv's turned on that's your tv yeah just a little background a little background music Devil trying to get us, dude. Get out of here, Satan. You feel me? The predator. Get out. Get out of here, Satan. Um. But no, like the 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 point I wanted to make is like, you know, God searches for us just as hard, right, as we might search for Him. You know, and it, and I like how it words it too. Is like, what does God do, right? It's like He lights a lamp and sweeps the house. And why is that? It's because me as the sinner, right, where I'm at, I'm in a in a dark spot. And, and it's a filthy area, you know, and so God starts cleaning, cleaning, cleaning the area, right, and then turning on a light, you know, just putting a light on, right, somewhere for me, for me to follow to, 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 to go to, right, and then God's able, that's how God's able to find me, basically, you know, when I, whenever I came into my relationship with God, right, I was not seeking God, right, what I was seeking was a way to stop, you know, have being so miserable, really, right, like I, for the life of me, I couldn't stop doing drugs and I couldn't stop getting drunk. And I, I started, I, I mean, I, I looked for hundreds of ways, right. To just stop doing those things. Right. Cause addiction's real, dude. Like that's some real life stuff right there. And everything that I'm doing, but I couldn't find a way to stop doing it. Right. And then I ended up finding a group of people, right. Who, who basically were, were pointing to God. Right. And so like, what I'm trying to say is like, my, my thing wasn't like, Oh, let me go find Jesus, right? Because I'm the the lost son. It was like I'm miserable and I want this to stop, right? And then God was searching for me, right? God was basically putting these circumstances and these people in my life to guide this path that basically led to Him. It wasn't so much of what I did, right? And that's been that was been my experience, right? That's been my relationship. That's why I'm so heavy on the grace of God, is because it was really all grace is the only reason that I'm even on here talking on this podcast. It's everything that God did for me and not so much of what I did for God, right? It's nothing that I've done for God. God literally just kept putting, like, these people in my life, right? And they were just—all of them were Christian, right? And I just kept thinking—and then he—one of the Christians convinced me to read a book about Jesus. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus, if I'm being honest. Like, I literally wanted nothing to do with that. I was like—I'm like—but at the same time, it's like, I'm selfishly. I just don't want to do drugs anymore. It was literally the only thing, right? So I was like, fine, right? I'm going to read this book about Jesus, Right. And then I read that book about Jesus and it was nuts. It was like the Holy Spirit literally came down onto me 
and it wasn't like in church. I wasn't like in church. I wasn't like, you know, asking for the spirit or anything like that. It was just like God just gave me this gift. And it was crazy because it was like, I can't deny that what I just received was God, you know. And so me, this filthy, dirty mess, right. And God, God, right, shined the light. God turned the light on and started looking for me and calling me out, you know. And then eventually, right, I heard the voice. Eventually, right, I hear the voice, right, through all of the, the nonsense that's going on, you know. And that, that, that was my experience with it, you know. It wasn't, so it's like, a lot of times I'm like, I know for, for like my experience, it's like I'm always going to talk about the gospel with people, right, if they're going to be open to listen to it, right. But in all reality, it's what God's really going to end up doing, right. And I needed that, right. I needed the people who kept telling me to go to church. I was, I didn't want to go to church even. I read that book, had that experience with God, and I was like, I'm just kind of do my own thing. I'm going to stay away from the church, right. But then, Person after person keep came come, kept coming into my life, right? That that were followers of Jesus, right? And eventually, like now, I'm going to church, right? God really paved this 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 path for me, you know, because I was I was just lost, you know. I had no idea what to do or where to go. It talks a lot about in the Bible that God claimed us, right? Before we, you know, before we're born, God God claims us as His own, you know. Like we're we're we're, you know, we're God we're God's kids, right? Like we're we're not. Like the there's a there's a there's a part in the Bible where it says the the Pharisees are sons of Satan, right? That's not to say that Satan created those people, right? They were they were children of God, right? Until they chose their wicked ways, you know. Like we're all chosen by by God, right? That's the original thing that I'm chosen by, you know. But it's it's just the the sin that I choose in my life where where I get caught off into this other way where I do get lost, right? And, and then it's like no longer. Am I serving God because he loves me? I'm I'm serving myself because I love myself, right? And then, I don't know. Yeah, the the last thing for the prodigal son is it talks about the older son, right? Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. It's one thing that's just like a big misconception in the church is that we serve God, right? Sure, and that we never disobey his command. That's not a true statement at all. For one, it's a... I think there's like a common idea in a church that it's like there's something that I can do for God, right? But in all reality, the only reason I, I as selfish as I am and as selfish as my sound is like, the reason I, I serve God the way I do, it's not even selfish actually, it's just because I love God, right? Like how Wally just said and we were saying before, you know, it's not because I think I'm giving something to God, right? And that then I should receive this reward, right? The hope that I have is just that I'm going to be with God. That's it. It's not that he's, you know, we talk about the treasures in heaven, it's I'm not like down here on earth like oh it's gonna be sick I'm gonna have a heaven Bugatti right it's I'm just like it's gonna be sick I'm gonna be with God you know and then it's it's incomprehensible what the treasures are is how like basically I've been explained right like what those treasures really mean those heaven treasures and they compare them to things of the of the world but that's not really even a it's as best as you can get right with the knowledge that we have right but I can't imagine it is Bugattis and whatever else you know I'm not serving God for any of those reasons, right? I'm not trying to obey his commands for any of those reasons. It's all based on faith. It's all based on the fact that I really believe that this loving, all-powerful God 
wants me right and that when I do get lost that he does come and search for me you know that he loves me so much that he's gonna he's gonna try to find me and bring me back you know and then it's up to you know it's talk about the heart right my heart's not in the right place of course I'll never receive it but if there's just enough of that right my heart can be in the right place and God is chasing me right that's where my eyes will be opened up to the gifts of the spirit yes sir Man, it's a couple of like. It's busy. It's a lot. I wanted to like, you both hit on so many things like, uh, like I want to touch on. Um, definitely want to dive into this prodigal son. Um, it's wild because. A lot of times we don't hear the story about the son. I mean, about the other son, about the oldest son. And a lot of times when we go to church, there's a lot of the older sons there. You know what I mean? And this is just in general, not like, but there, there's a lot of people that, oh, well, why are you celebrating this person? Why, why are you celebrating this? But I did, I did this, this, and this. No, like you're doing these things for glory. Like you, you're, you see this person getting glory. So now you're like, oh, while I was doing this, now you start counting the cost of the reason why you were serving. Like, nah, like we got to get into the point. We should get to the point where our heart is we're serving and we're going to celebrate whoever walks through that door that's coming back and or coming back for the first time or coming to God for the first time or coming back again. Right? Like, a lot of times we get so caught up in this, you could say legalistic, but it's like, oh, like we don't sin, bro. We all sin. So the fact that we sin and we know God, if somebody doesn't know God and they walk through that door and they say, you know what? I decide I'm going to give God my life today. I'm going to give everything I have to God today. Guess what? Listen, I'm going to celebrate you. I don't, that that's because at, at the end of the day, that's the person that's going to help bring more. That's going to help draw out the other people that, that are living that lifestyle, that live that lifestyle. Like your story, your testimony, you know how many people have walked the same, that path? Do you know how many people that could possibly be listening to this right now that knows exactly where you, where you, where you are or where you were and they're trying to be where you are and they don't know how to get there. So, like, one of the things is, like, when you look back at the prodigal son, the thing that hits me when I read it sometimes, especially the last time I read it, was he asked for his inheritance. You know you know what you got to do in order to get your inheritance? The person got to die. He didn't ask for his dad to die, but he's like, listen, you're still here. I just want what's mine now. How many times do we get selfish like that? It was like, you know what? I just want what's mine. Nah, like it's it's never supposed to really be about us. What we have is supposed to help others, right? Our testimony, like it would be selfish not to share it. We'd be selfish not to say, to say, oh well, I want what's mine. Give it, give me now. What if I said, God, give me everything that you have for me now. I don't, I don't want what you have for me in heaven. I want it all now. For what? Like we, like for what? Everything that we can possibly gain right now will perish. And we can't bring it with us at, at one point, right? At any point, we can we bring it to us when we die? 
So when you look at the 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 younger son when he went, the one thing is steward stewardship. Like he did not steward what he had. He squandered it. How often do we stu- do we not steward or we squander the things that God has already given us? God gives us blessings every day when we wake up. Like you said, we woke up. That's a blessing. God gives us that every day. Can we honestly say, look in the mirror and say, you know what? There are some days where I've definitely squandered it. I know for a fact, I can I can sit here and tell you for a fact, there's days that I've squandered the blessing of being alive. When knowing that God saved me many times from death. So stewardship like how are we stewarding what he's given us like he the the young son squandered everything in the wild what is the world telling us that we need to go after right now everything but god right not only that like and i say this because it's so easy to get distracted with everything that's going on in this world that we lose focus of god if you watch the news, you're gonna be you're getting paranoid off the news. If you don't watch the news and y'all video games all day, all right, guess what? You're gonna get strung up on your video game, right? On our phones, we have so many distractions on our phone alone. So and it's real easy to just it takes one button and your whole bank account could be gone, right? And then what? Now once everything is gone, now you hit humility. Like, do you know what it had to what it what? What he had to take, what the youngest son had to go through in order to get to the point where he's like, you know what? I think I need to talk to my pops. And like, I don't even like he didn't even want to come to his pops in the sense of like, yo, I'm your son. Like, nah, treat me like one of your servants. I'm willing to work like I don't deserve anything. And his dad was like, yo, I'm. The part that often goes overlooked is he pre-planned what he was going to say to his dad. He pre-planned his apology. But what is it like? How many times do we have to give like we forget like, yo, maybe I'm in this place, but I need to I need to go to God. I need to repent like I need to go just go back to him. I just need to turn back. A lot of times we get to that point where like like you said, we just don't believe that we're good enough for it. We don't believe that we deserve it. This man was eating in the pig slop or wanted the pig slop till he realized, you know, like, yo, you my dad's servants. He better than this. Maybe I should go to my dad's because I'm over here starving because of my pride, because pride got me here. Pride got me to ask my dad for my inheritance early, cashed out early. And the, and the crazy part is, and even though he was living with his dad, he didn't even learn how to steward it. He didn't learn how to take care of it. But yet we know for a fact that him and his brothers were both working for their dad. And all that he had. And the one part is with the older brother, the older brother was jealous. Like, fam, why are you jealous? You live this life every single day. And that's why, like, when the, when the dad was like, yo, do you get all of this? It's all yours. Like, you live here. Like, you have all of this. No, we don't have a party because we're focused on this. But your brother, he was dead. He's back now. He was in the, he was, he, he didn't get swallowed up by the predators. Imagine the pride that he would have had if he didn't even turn back to his dad. He would have, he would have died out there.
right? Talk about the sheep. That sheep knew how to get home, right? But sometimes we have to be humble to get home, right? Sometimes we'll get stuck in pride. Oh, I'm going to do this. Man, listen, let me tell you right now, pride pride is going to lead us down a, a, a ridiculous road because pride will keep us from apologizing. Pride will keep us from forgiveness, right? The older brother needed to forgive his brother. He needed to forgive his younger brother. Like, he didn't even see the beauty in the fact that his brother came back. And, like, as a sibling, like, a person with a sibling, I know how it is. Like, if any of my siblings, I pray for my siblings all the time. But there were times as kids when we we were at it. But I promise you, like, if one of them was hurt and and or one of them was lost and they came back, you best believe I'm jumping for joy. I'm doing all those things. Like, I won a championship game six you know so like there's that part and then i look at it as a dad like bro my biggest challenge as a father is like as i'm fathering my son is realizing my relationship with god like i want to get in him so bad sometimes because he does stuff and i'm like but then i go back and i'm like but God told me to do this. I wasn't really the most obedient when he told me to do this. So, wow, how do I want God to judge me? So do I give him grace? Right. But at the same time, God has given him to me to steward. So I have to steward him as a father. So in a sense, I'm also a shepherd. And I have to get him to the point where he knows my voice. Where where. When he's in a room and I'm not there, he still hears me. He still hears the things that I'm telling him. He still hears the the encouragement, right? Because this world will try to swallow swallow kids up, swallow them up and eat them alive. I deal with it every day because he'll tell me, oh, such and such told me I'm this and tells me I'm that. And as a parent, I want to get mad. and I want to show up to the school. I can't do that. But I got to have that conversation with him. Listen. Who does God tell you you are? Right? And then I have to, on the back end of that, as a dad, I got to speak life into him. Because if I don't speak life to him, the world's going to speak death into him. So I, every chance I get, and, and like this is one of the struggles as a parent that you have a child that lives in two homes. I don't have them 24-7. So the times that I do have them, I got to make sure I'm pouring into them. Because if I'm not pouring into him, I know for a fact where else he's getting poured into. And that's no slight to his mom. That's like he's in public school. I don't know what those kids are, what all those kids are, what their parents are like. But from the stories that I hear from my son, I already. but I also remember what it was like being in third and fourth grade. You know what I mean? So I look at it like that as a parent. It's like that's the everyday challenge, too, is like. As much as I'm that younger son, I'm also the father. You know, and in some cases, I don't want to be that older brother. Like, I want to be that older brother, but I want to rejoice for the, for the, my brothers and sisters that come to Christ. You know what I mean? Like, I want to celebrate with them. That's why we always going out to eat. Best believe somebody, something good happens in your life. Let's go. We, we going like what, what restaurant you want to go to? We're not doing Red Lobster anymore. Where lobster cut off, but 
<laughs> yeah. But no, nah, I'm, I'm. But I mean, that's just it. You know what I mean? Like, so as a dad, there's that challenge. As a son, there's that challenge. I am the youngest son. Like, I'm the youngest of four, right? So I can only imagine what it was like as a young, as the youngest. Like, yo, I wanted to beat my older siblings in everything, everything. So of course, yeah, I want. Okay, I want this. I want that now. But now it's like, how do, how do we get to that point where it, we're we're humble? Why, how do we get to that point where it, we're not? It's not about the things that we collect. It's about the love that we can give. How can we? How can we show the love that God has given us and pour that out on others? Like, how can we do that? Like, that's the challenge, right? How can we rejoice every time somebody comes and stop thinking about us and think about them? You know what I mean? No, that was that was nuts. Yes, sir. <clears throat> no, I love how you said, um, you know, how, how when your son comes to you and is like, oh, they said this about me and they said that about me, but what does God say? You know, what does God say you are, you know? And to God, we're chosen, you know? To God, we're wonderfully and fearfully made, you know? And that's what the Bible tells us, you know? Like, the Bible is going to pour into us. It's going to fill us up, and that's going to be our food, you know? Like, the Word of God is 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 going to feed us, going to feed our spirit, you know, and that's what we need. We need a full spirit for when we step out into this dark world that's going to tell us that we're we're losers, we're broke, we're, we're you know, we're, we're drug addicts, we're just all these horrible things, you know, that, that the world wants to pin us as, you know. And so when we hear that over and over, we're constantly being fed these lies of the enemy, it's not going to take long before we believe it. And that's going to keep us away from God because we're so focused on ourselves and all our mistakes. We're overlooking the grace and mercy that he has for us. You know, the grace and mercy it took for the son to be able to return home, return home into open arms, not into judgment and, and condemnation, but into love, you know, into the grace that only God has for us. And just talking on the older brother, it made me think like, so older brother was like, oh, how could you do all this for him? Have a party and give him the fattest calf and and you know just be so happy to see him but i'm here every day and i'm working hard for you every day i'm doing what i'm supposed to do every day and i don't get no reward you know you won't even give me and my friends a little goat that's what he said he he just wanted a little goat but god's you know like or his dad was like hey you know ah. <laughs> but that that's just that shows like his his pride that was all his pride speaking you know just like the 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 lost son had the had the pride of you know not wanting to come back and all this the, oh i gotta do this i gotta do that no like the older son was full of pride too because he was so focused on his own works he was so focused on what he was doing instead of all the ways his father you know his dad had set him up in the position to be able to even do that you know like if it wasn't for his dad like there would be no farm to work at you know there wouldn't even be no goat to eat there would be no no house to come home to you know like god has provided all these things for us and we still look to ourselves as this source of power as this source of you know like of of life you know we think we just can put the weight of the world on our shoulders and walk you know and we get so caught up in what we're doing and we even see that in the church today like ralph was talking about you know like whenever the you know, the dude does come back to church and everyone's so excited to see him. But then there's the guy who's there every week and they're like, yo, I'm here every week grinding for Jesus and no one sees me. 
well, if that's the way you're thinking, like, are you really grinding for Jesus? Or like Ralph said, are you are you looking for some type of, you know, little, uh, what do you say, glory? Is that what you said? Are you looking for glory? Like, where's your heart at? What's your motive behind it? And that's what brought me to Matthew 7, verse 21. And it says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. And that's why I had a conversation with somebody about today. You know, they were in a very legalistic, you know, um, relationship with God, you know, and they believe that if you're not following specific teachings and specific ways of the bible that you're not going to receive that salvation and i was just saying to him you know my point was like well because he brought this verse to me you know and i told him i was like look bro but what did the people say that were that jesus turned away they said i prophesied in your name i cast out demons i perform many miracles you know what i mean i they're so focused on what they did when they get to get to kingdom of heaven when they walk into those gates they're still focused about what they did you know they're still looking for some type of glory they're looking for jesus to be like oh thanks bro thanks for doing that for me but no bro like we didn't do nothing like without jesus like there wouldn't be no gates to walk into you know we would all be in hell you know jesus came and made that sacrifice so we would even have the ability you know like the only way they were able to cast out those demons or prophesy is all because of the work that jesus did for us you know, it's all because of the Holy Spirit that he left behind. You know, when when he left earth, he gave us the Holy Spirit to be able to do these things, to be the fuel that we need to go. You know, and these people are still so caught up in me, 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 just like the older brother. You know, like he already had the reward. He already had the glory and the prize right there in front of him the whole time. But he couldn't see it because he was so focused on himself and he was comparing his walk, his story to the younger brother. He's like, man, my brother's an idiot. Look how good I'm doing. You know, and that's the position we find ourselves in in this world today. We look at the person who's working at 7-Eleven. They're like, oh, they work at 7-Eleven. I work at Applebee's. I'm I'm up. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now, bro. Like, we're all equal in God's eyes. You know, no matter how much money you make, no matter how many mistakes you make, no matter how perfect you think you are. Like, like God doesn't want those that think they're perfect. You know, like it was talking about in the beginning when Jesus was eating with with the sinners and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the people that see themselves as perfect. They're like, how could Jesus eat with them if he's the son of God? Like God wants us, you know, he wants the heart of the Gentiles. He wants the 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 people that are going to admit they're sinners. You know, I was listening to a podcast earlier with uh, this dude and his name's Johnny Chang, and he was like a. Bro, he was a crazy dude, you know what I'm saying? He he was he'd been game banging since he was like twelve years old. You know what I mean? He's been in prison for like twelve years and he gets out and you know, he's still trying to live that life. He's still trying to thug it out, but then just by the grace of God he, he stumbles into a church, right? And the the pastor doesn't even like make him come inside. He's not like, Hey, come inside, I wanna teach you about Jesus. The pastor is like, Oh, I appreciate you. Um he was dropping his mom off. He was like, I appreciate you dropping your mom off, like we got some food if you want, like, just for you coming all the way out here. Let me give you some food to go. You could take it with you. You know, and, and the the dude, Johnny Chang, was talking about out of respect. I wanted to go in and just, you know, show him the respect of, like, oh, thank you. I appreciate the food and stuff. And so when he did, 
that's when the, the seed was planted, you know, and the pastor was able to pour into him in such a special way. And what really got him was um, the pastor asked him, are you a sinner? Do you know what sin is? And he said, yeah, sin is, you know, killing, stealing, cheating, hurting people, being evil. And the pastor was like, okay, so are you a sinner? And he was like, yes, I am. And he was like, okay, so you're righteous. And John Chang was like, hey, yo, what? I just told you, like, I'm a gang member. I'll be shooting, stabbing, robbing. I do drugs. I sell drugs, all this stuff. And the pastor said, no, but you see your sin and you're conscious of it. And you admit that you are a sinner. You aren't over here saying you're better than anything or anybody else. You know, you acknowledge the fact that you are wrong. You are doing the wrong things. And that alone shows, like, the the consciousness that you have. You know what I'm saying? It shows that you are aware of your sin. You're not a Pharisee, you're a Gentile, and you just need the guidance and the love of Jesus. And if you truly repent, you know, you'll be saved. And he said, like, he sat there just in awe, talking to this pastor for, like, two hours, like, two, three hours, you know, just just being poured into, having life spoken into him, you know. And it all started with the fact that he said, I am a sinner. So if you're listening and you struggle, you know, you have these battles that you're facing, you know, acknowledge them admit them give them to god and that's the first step you need to take you know what i mean truly truly in this moment you know listen to these words and don't just go off what we say you know do your research jump into the bible you know start i started with romans and that really helped me you know but look around do a little shopping you know don't just open it to a random page and put your finger down and start reading because it's not you know that's not how it works Find where you're struggling, you know, acknowledge it, and then seek out the help, seek out the guidance, get in community, you know, like Ralph was talking about. It's a, They're a lot safer when there's a group of them gathered, you know what I mean? If you're trying to take on this alone, walk this battle, walk this road alone, you know, you're so vulnerable to attack, and it's so easy for the, the devil, the predator to come and just knock you off the path, you know? Find your people, find a church, get a Bible, you know what I'm saying? If you know us and you don't have a Bible, We'll gladly give you a Bible anytime or any day, you know what I mean? But just, just you got to start somewhere, you know? And the the coolest thing is to just start by acknowledging the fact that you are a sinner, you are broken, and you need help, you know what I mean? You got anything Yeah, I'll do one thing real quick. Um, no, nah, that's, uh, that's so far. I'm going to be honest, bro. I completely forgot it. I started messing with the hair on the foam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out the foam. Nah, but I have one thing I was going to say. He was reading the Prodigal Son. He was talking about the... Oh, yeah, that's it. Um, the So, like, as far as, like, the legalistic thing goes, right, the... Uh, I heard this guy say one time, he was talking about Paul, and the reason that Paul hated... He believes that Paul hated Christianity the way he did is because it went against everything that he believed in. And that, you know, Paul... And Paul writes, like, according to the law, he was perfect. Right. But according to Jesus. Right. He was not, you know, and so that he would have. Right. Because and then that that doesn't just mean that he he obeyed God, and did all the commandments. But if you do your sacrifices, then you're atoned for those sins. And like, you know, he was he was carrying out all of this stuff. So he was as far as like what, you know, uh, what is it? Exodus. Is that what the sacrifices and stuff is talked about? I think so. Right. Yeah. But um, right as far as that went, right, like he was perfect, and the reason that Paul had such a big issue with that is because if he's finding out now that, you know, for him to get into heaven, it had nothing to do with what he was doing, 
right? And so it's like, was the idea that he lost control over his own fate, right? And that it was, it was now in the hands of belief in God and all this other stuff, right? And that he liked the idea of the working for it because then he could, he could do just that. He could go to heaven and he can say, right, almost like, God, you got no choice but to let me in, right? Because look at all of this that I've done when I was on earth, right? And it goes from that to I need the the blood of Christ Jesus because none of us have, have that. None of us are righteous. None of us can make it, you know? And that's really what it co- comes into, right, when it comes to the laws that n- none of us none of us make the cut. And the idea that the law is, right, the, the easier way because it's in your hands, right, that if you do follow the law, then you will get, your reward in heaven, right? It's just sure that sounds great, right? But it's impossible. No one would, no one will make it. And especially, right, when you hear Jesus's teachings about the thought, right? Like that, even your thinking is a sin, right? I haven't met the person who has so much control over their mind that they don't have the occasional negative thought, right? The occasional sinful thought, you know. Um, but that was really it that I was going to add on to it. You want to finish out some? Um, just want to add on to what what you said, Wally, and like you saying, like if you're listening to this and you just need to start somewhere, right? So if you're feeling that tug, definitely, you know, tap into the Bible. But most important, like get in a community. If you find it hard to get in a community, um, the best way to do it is just to serve. Like to be honest, like because it's that's when you really get to the point where it's not about you it's not necessarily about your works either it's the you're you're being intentional about just being where god wants you to be um sometimes serving will get you connected with somebody in your life that you're you don't even know that you need it right that that's usually a good way to help build your community um a lot of times it's 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 definitely tough doing it by yourself like it's if if you're going about it by yourself you're you're going you're taking the hard way um, not saying it's going to be easy, but it's much easier when you have somebody to lean on because there's going to be times where we're, where we're tired. There's going to be times where we're going to, exa- we're exhausted. And usually when we're serving, that's usually how our cup gets filled. Um, we don't serve for the accolades. We serve gem- simply for the community. We serve simply because this is where God needs us to be. Um, so that way we can plant seeds in the lives of others, but also be there to help others help rejoice when others come home. Yeah, I think this was, this was a really good episode because I think it's convicting in a sense. And I think it's a lot of people that if you're listening, you know, and you feel something inside of you, like don't overlook it. You know, you're not tripping, bro. It's, it's God has been knocking at the door, right? He's been knocking. He's been wanting to bring you home. He's out here searching for you like that sheep that you are, you know, and he just wants you to be in his presence. He just wants you in his arms. So if you feel something in your heart right now or if you just feel a little weird inside, just know that is the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit is trying to fill you, is filling you up and is protecting you. And God has been with you this whole time, this whole walk, no matter how far away you've gone, no no matter how much sin you're in right now, no matter where you wake up tomorrow or where you are right now, where you're headed right now, you know, God just wants you to be home with him. You know, so we're just going to close out with a moment of prayer. So just close your eyes and bow your head. Really open your heart. Try to receive the Holy Spirit. Dear God, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you, God. 
We thank you for your redemption power, Lord. We thank you for the way you just make us new creations in your eyes, God. Every day, Lord, it is an honor and a privilege to wake up and to have the chance to grow closer to you, God, to get to know you, God. You know us from before we're in our mother's womb, God. So we just got to trust, Lord. I pray that the people listening trust, Lord, that you know the path we're going to walk, Lord. I pray they would know that it is no mistake that they're hearing this message, Lord. I pray that it is no mistake that, that they're here, God, Lord. I pray that they would just just listen for your voice, that still small voice, God, that wants to love them and guide them, Lord. I pray that that voice will just get louder and louder in their head, God, that it would tune out the lies of the enemy, God. Lord, I pray that they would just just aim to please you, God, aim to know you, and and just, I hope someone would receive you tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord, we're just, we're so grateful for a convicting message like this, God. Lord, I pray that someone feels it on their heart, God, to just get to know you better and to grow closer to you, God. Lord Jesus, we're just sending out a, a powerful prayer, God, a prayer of love, Lord, a prayer of redemption, Lord, a prayer that will bring someone home into your arms, God, for the person that feels lost, for the person that feels alone and broken, God. Lord, I pray they would know they have an almighty, righteous God that is with them at this moment, God, that just wants to give them a hug just to comfort them, Lord. I pray you would place your right hand, Lord, on their shoulder and just let them know it's going to be okay, God. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you. In your almighty name we pray. Amen.